You are listening to the One Church TO podcast. We are an imperfect community who are attempting to help people know God, love people, and make an impact in our city of Toronto, Canada. At the time of this podcast episode, we are currently experiencing the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. So you'll start to notice in this same feed, we'll be providing some extra episodes alongside our weekend teaching to encourage you throughout the week. But we hope today's teaching is valuable for whatever season or situation that you find yourself in. Well, happy, unusual Mother's Day to so many of you. Uh, How many are missing the kids uh, this Mother's Day? And uh, usually they're around and you you get together, have a little family reunion. And uh, others of you, though, you're seeing more of your kids than you have since they were preschool. (laughs) And... uh, my wife texted at the end of the, the first service earlier today, and she said that in Toronto, the snowbirds did a, a flyby over Toronto. So, of course, I told her I arranged that for her, <laughs> to honor her as the mother of my children. Anyway, can't promise that for this gathering, but I can promise you this, that we are going to see four interactions with Jesus and his family. His mom is there for every one of them, and they're going to help every one of us in our family relationships, all right? And now we're in this series on trust. How many are finding like me that you're in these surreal moments, you find yourself trusting God in ways that maybe you didn't have to trust him before? It's just so different, and so we trust God in different times. Pastor Jonathan helped us understand in the first teaching in this series on trust about how to trust God, even when it's tough, even when you're trusting him in new areas. Then we saw trusting God when you have a financial setback. Remember, he he knows and he has resources and he is able to help us. Uh, he cares enough about us to do that. And so we, we, we saw last weekend, we can trust God when we need healing. What about this one? Trusting God when you have a complicated family. Now, every one of our families are complicated in different ways and to different degrees, but I I think there are four complications that are common to every family. One is misunderstandings, you know? And the dangerous thing about misunderstandings is that they can escalate. And then there's being stuck in the past. How many have a family member that they just keep you in the past, won't let you become who you really are now. You know, it's like this husband and wife that went to a counselor, and the husband said to the counselor, "Uh, every time we have an argument, my wife gets historical. And and the counselor said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, 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 historical. She's always bringing up the past. How many have a family member like that? And then third, awkward moments. How many have family members that well, it's, they embarrass you. <laughs> We're going to see something about that in Jesus' family. And then unfinished business, unresolved issues. Certainly Jesus couldn't have had that, right? Certainly Jesus couldn't have had misunderstandings in his family. Well, let's look. Luke 2, Pastor Richard said, go to page uh, 22 in your Jesus Project book. Now, some of you might get there and say, I I've already got notes there. That's right, because Pastor Jonathan, back in January, 
help to see a lot of truths from this, but watch something else that is here, all right? Here's a misunderstanding in Jesus' family that escalates. As a matter of fact, Mary, if it was today, she'd be wanting to call an amber alert on guess who? Jesus. Because of a misunderstanding that escalated. Remember when um, they took the trip from Galilee and people in different communities traveled down to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. Then they headed back home after the feast of the Passover, and they're, they're all in a large group. Jesus is 12 years old now, take care of himself, and they're all heading back. And then it says this in Luke 2, his parents didn't miss him on the return visit at first because they assumed. Isn't that, where, isn't that exactly where uh, misunderstandings uh, start? You know, one assumes something and the other one assumes something else. One person expects one thing, the other person expects something else. Here, in this case, you've got, you know, well, I, I thought Jesus was with you. No, I thought he was with Uncle Zacharias. Last time I saw him, he was with Cousin John. But his parents, he, he, they assumed he was among the other travelers. They, discover, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking them questions. Look at this. His parents didn't know what to think. <laughs> Talk about not understanding. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But... Why did you need to search? Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Do you know that this is the only story that we have of Jesus since the birth narrative in Luke, all the way up until he's 30 years old. So the only story we have of Jesus from zero to 30 is that he had a misunderstanding with his parents. And that's it. You know, it's so easy to have misunderstandings, especially if we don't communicate in our families. There's this family that weren't the best at communicating, and, and uh, Aunt Emma came to live with them, for, and she was there for 17 years, and she was one of those complaining, cranky, cantankerous people. And, and finally, she passed away. On the way back from the funeral service, the husband said to the wife, he said, you know, if I didn't care so much about you, I never would have put up with your Aunt Emma all these years. She says, my Aunt Emma? I thought she was your Aunt Emma. And what we're seeing there is exactly what we're seeing in the story with Jesus and his mom. And that is that... There is more to know than what we already know, all right? Trust that there's more to know than what we already know. That's exactly what Jesus and his mother did. Watch this. He returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. So what happened there with Jesus? Something different. And then it goes on to say, from Mary's perspective, it says, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. How did they get to that place where Jesus is okay and, and he's obedient to them and goes home with them and then Mary is processing it and she's storing all these things in her heart. Do you know what happened? They listened to each other until they heard where the other one was coming from. Until they listened until they really heard, you know. Uh, Mary says, look at it from a parent's perspective. Uh, 
We've been frantic, looking for you, couldn't find you. And Jesus responds, and he goes home with them. He's obedient to them. But then Jesus also says, didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And Mary listens, and she hears, and she processes all these things in her heart. Isn't that beautiful? See, misunderstandings will happen, but they can escalate unless we listen until we hear. I hope I'm a better uh, listener and I hear better than I used to. And I hope I keep getting better at that. How, how many are with me on that? Because this is the way we resolve misunderstandings is we, we listen until we hear. My misunderstandings with my sweetheart, Esther, um, declined when I stopped listening to just the words that she said, and I began to try to understand what she was intending to say. That, that's what listening does when it becomes hearing. I'm hearing what this person is trying to communicate to me. Because I, I'm going to trust that there's more to know than what I already know. Just like Jesus and his mom did, just like every one of us. There's more to know than what we know. I hope that when there are misunderstandings with staff or with family or with people in my world, in your world, that we, we stop and we say, you know, let's wait till we hear the other person's side of this. Because there's more to know than what we already know. You know, you can do this in your relationship with God. You can say, God, I don't understand what's going on. But God knows more than us. There's more to know than what we already know. Someone said it this way. They said, faith is trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. So we can trust God. God, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me right now. It'd be easy to have a misunderstanding right now. But God, I trust you. I trust someone who loves me so much they'd give their life for me so I can know I can trust you. You know what is best. You know what the future holds. Try this in your next COVID-19 misunderstanding. Just stop and listen to what's being said. Trust there to be more than what you already know. So Jesus had misunderstandings in his family. What about getting stuck in the past? Oh yeah, that happened too. Jesus at the age of 30 after being baptized, it launches him into an increasingly popular ministry. He's riding high in the popularity polls. I love the way Luke says it. It says he returned to his home region, Galilee, in the power of the Spirit. The people were healed and, and, and big crowds are gathering. And Jesus is now heading back to his hometown. Can you imagine a hero's welcome to a hometown boy made good? You'd think this would be like the Raptors coming back to Toronto after the championship. Just something along that, that kind of an attitude of, of a celebration and reception of Jesus. And it starts out pretty good. Look at this. It says in page 36 in your Jesus Project book, Luke 4, it says, everyone spoke well of him. And was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. See, what happened was they handed the scroll of Isaiah to Jesus. And what you did in the um, synagogue is you stood to read the scriptures. Jesus 
finds the place in Isaiah where it speaks about the coming Messiah and, and, and he hands the scroll back to the attendant and people say, oh, you know, we, we, they spoke well of him. Amazed by his gracious words, watch what happens when Jesus sits down to teach in the synagogue. You stood up to read, you sat down to teach. Jesus sits down and he says, what I just read about in Isaiah is talking about me. I'm the promised Messiah come to heal the brokenhearted and to heal people physically, to bring in the year of the Lord's favor, to restore people to God. And he said, I've come to do it not just for the Jewish people, but for all people. Matter of fact, in Jesus' teaching, he only tells two stories, about, and they're both about Gentiles, how God, even in the past, had reached out and, and healed a Syrian king and had healed had helped provide food for a single parent mom in a time of famine when she fed Elijah. Those are the only two. And they're both about Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And the Jewish, this audience in the synagogue in Nazareth, they don't like the Romans and the Gentiles. God wouldn't do anything for them. They're mistreating God's people, right? And so look at verse 28. It says, when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were... Yeah, furious. <laughs> Matthew adds some details here that Luke doesn't. Here's what Matthew says about the same incident in Nazareth. Then they scoffed. He's just the, the carpenter's son. That's all Jesus is. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Do you see it? They did not allow Jesus to be anything more than what they had known him to be in the past. Wow. How many have family like that? They refused to let you be a different person than what they knew you to be in the past. They're just, they're just sort of saying about Jesus here. You know, you're just, you're just Mary's son. That's all you'll ever be to us. It reminds me of the story of this boy that went to summer camp. And uh, along with all the other kids that were attending the summer camp, he was given a list of things to bring, you know, sleeping bag, toothbrush, and just the basics. Most kids had it in their backpacks, and, and, and yet he shows up with this big suitcase. As he's getting off the bus at the camp, the director pulls him aside and says, son, you know, we, we, you, you're just supposed to bring the basics to your room. Let's just do some pruning here. Opens up the suitcase, and he finds an umbrella. An umbrella is... <laughs> sent to, with them to summer camp. And, and, the, and the director of the camp says, son, you, you're bringing an umbrella to a week at camp? And the boy just looked at the director. He said, sir, did you ever have a mother? <laughs> See, this, just not letting them grow up, not letting them be who he really is now. That's exactly what Jesus experienced here. Have you ever had that happen where you go to a family event, it could have been Mother's Day this year with the family getting together, and as soon as the siblings get together, you become put into the same sort of pecking order that you were when you lived under the same roof as a family. It's like your family not allowing you to be the adult that you have become, especially maybe if you've made a mistake in your past, and uh, you know, they're saying, well, we're, that, that's the way we're going to remember you. You're stuck in a moment, and we're not going to let you get out of it. It, it can happen where we, we just see people and, and 
force them to be stuck into the past, the way that we knew them. Jesus understands what that is like. So, so I, want, I want to say this. Here's the lesson we learn here. Trust the gospel to make people more than what they were in the past. Do you see that? Trust the gospel to make people more than what they were in the past. Don't force people to be what they used to be if they've changed and become something else. Because especially if Jesus is at work in someone's life, they change. You know, I think one of the best ways to do this is to ask this question about every person in your family, every person in your life. Do I want them to become the best that they can be? Or am I wanting them to be stuck in the past and just be choked and held back and restricted by that? Do I want them to become the best that they can be? I can trust the gospel to make people more than what they were in the past. All right, so misunderstanding, stuck in the past, Jesus experienced both. What about this? What about awkward moments? Awkward moments. What, well, what about in Luke 8? Page 66 in your Jesus Project. But look at this. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Remember, as another gospel throws in the detail here that his mom was worried that he wasn't getting enough to eat. I don't know, maybe she was part Italian. No, mangi, mangi. My boy's not getting enough to eat. And someone, you know, interrupts Jesus' teaching to a large crowd. The room is filled with people. And someone interrupts and says, your mom, mommy's here. <laughs> your, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. Ah, embarrassing. Just, just an awkward moment. Uh, last, talking about awkward moments, you know, last um, December, my wife and I, first time ever, we went to Florida for a week just to get warmed up in the middle of winter. First time we've ever gone to Florida for a week. And we, um, we, it was a milestone birthday for one of us that has a birthday in December. And, uh, and so um, I, I went on Yelp. You know, you look at the restaurant reviews, don't know what's in the area. And I found this restaurant that said they, they were highly rated by Yelp, and they served authentic Italian food. When you have an Italian wife, you better make sure, that's such a good cook, you better make sure that, you know, it's the real deal when it comes to the food that you're taking her uh, out for a special birthday. And uh, so we got there, and uh, at opening time, I'd made reservations, and we were the only ones there. And uh, we were welcomed, we were brought to our table, given the menu, and then a, a young lady came over and she served Esther uh, some water, and then she served me. So, so Esther's here, I'm here, As she served me water, she sort of disappeared, even out of my peripheral vision, over to the side, and the next thing I heard was this thundering voice, opera-like Italian song bursting out of, and it was this girl, and of course it just shocked me. And when I when I landed back in my chair, I, I and and started to process. Oh, this is part of the Italian restaurant, and they're singing. I, I looked over at Esther. I shouldn't have, because I got the giggles. Now, I learned a technique to stop the giggles when I was a little guy, and that is I pinch myself as hard as I can on the leg to counteract the desire to giggle, and, and I just twist, and, and so, listen, I've got 
two uh, scar marks on the sides of my leg from that day. <laughs> Talk about an awkward moment. How did Jesus handle the awkward moment with his mom and his family here? Do you know what he did? Graciousness. Graciousness. He, he, he took what it would have been an awkward moment and he changed it into a teaching moment. Just distracted it over to an opportunity to teach the people. He, here's, what he, here's what he said. My mother's are there. He said, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. Just takes the focus off of the awkwardness. You know, here, here's the truth here. Trust graciousness to dispel awkwardness. You know, it's just a tiny few, and mainly not in Canada, but there's some Christians around the world that are just insisting, oh, we get together for church, and we have our religious rights and all this. And, and, and I think if I can graciously remind us, because I've been asked about this, you know, uh, why don't we just get together? But the reality is that what the followers of Jesus are to be most known for is their love. They're caring for others. Doing whatever it takes to protect the health of others, to keep the community safe. Historically, that's what Christians have done in other pandemics in human history. Been there to serve, been there to help, to do whatever it is. And that's exactly, it's not about, well, we, we have the right, no, no, no. We, we, have the, we humble ourselves. And we do whatever not is selfish, selfish for ourselves. We do whatever sacrificially serves people in the name of Jesus. And so, so it's so good to have this online time together with you. But, but even people who put us in an awkward situation, we, we can find ways to answer graciously. I mean, I have been in situations like... like a meeting, a board meeting or a staff meeting, uh, other meetings amongst other leaders. And, and sometimes tensions rise because people care about the uh, item on the agenda that we're discussing. And I, I've always appreciated people who could just bring graciousness to that moment. Just help us all just, just relax and understand we're all trying to do this for Jesus and, and let's listen to one another. And let's care and let's respect. I've always appreciated, sometimes with a little bit of humor, that's what dispels the tension. But graciousness always dispels awkwardness. Trust graciousness to dispel awkwardness. Someone said it this way. They said, grace is the face love wears when it meets imperfection. Isn't that the truth? In an awkward situation and you bring grace to it. Trust graciousness to dispel awkwardness. All right, the last one that we're going to look at, the last complication in Jesus' family that was in his family, it's in ours too, and that's unfinished business, sort of unresolved issues. Do you agree or disagree? Jesus lived the perfect Christian life. <laughs> well, duh. You know, uh, Philip Yancey, in a book about Jesus a number of years ago, talked about questions he would have loved to have asked Jesus' mom. And one of them was, um, did it ever occur to you when you looked across the table and looked at Jesus eating the lunch you made that that's God eating my soup? <laughs> Another one was, uh, did it ever occur to you, Mary, 
that when you prayed to God that you're actually praying to someone who is already under your own roof? You know, of course, Jesus was the son of God. So you can imagine his, his sisters and brothers. I mean, growing up with someone perfect in your family, I mean, always making their bed, always on time, always getting their homework done, cleaning the room even when they were a teenager. You can just imagine just some of the dynamics that would have been worked there. But, but he was perfect. So it can come as a little bit of a surprise when you read from the Gospel of John. Jesus' brothers said to him one day, this is about the uh, third year of Jesus' public ministry, leave here and go to Judea where your, your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. And here's the line that's even harder to take. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. You know, I don't know how many parents over the years have beat themselves up because their kids aren't doing well spiritually. Or even kids witnessing to their family about the love of Jesus and the forgiveness and life of Jesus that he has them. And they feel, well, they're not responding. If only I was a better Christian. If only I was a better Christian mom, some are saying. <laughs> you know, and I'll take people to this verse and I'll say, you know, do you think Jesus was more perfect than you? Yes, of course, he was perfect. If, if he had people in his family that didn't believe in him, who do you think you are? That you are even more... How many understand that we can live the Christian life, but it's up to everyone to decide how they're going to respond to the love and the grace of Jesus? You know, Jesus was dying on the cross for every one of us. He looks down and he sees his mom and the apostle John that he trusted. And he said, John, take care of mom. But he had some unfinished business. He could make sure his mom was taken care of. But he died with his own brothers not believing in him. Wow. Hard to believe. And yet, there's another verse that I'll take people to that will help us understand that even when we die, God continues to work. Watch this. Jesus dies with unfinished business. Now, those same family members that didn't believe in him, well... In the upper room in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 1, there's a whole bunch of... The only way you're in there is if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell other people about Jesus. That's the qualification for being in this room. People though, I not only want... I not only believe in Jesus, I want other people to believe in him too. I need God's help, his power. And so, knock, knock, who's there? Who's in the room? Watch this. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's there. Several other women and the brothers of Jesus. Oh, I love sharing that. Because it means that, you know, after Jesus died, his brothers only then began to really understand that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, not just a, a brother. And he rose from the dead and they realized, oh, we, we humble ourselves. And, and, and we need Jesus to, in a few moments, I'm going to pray with people that are listening to me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, I'm going to trust Jesus with my life to forgive me. That's what he died on the cross for, to give me new life, eternal life. That's what he rose from the dead for. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. But how many understand now that Jesus can really get it? He gets complicated families. We have misunderstandings in our family. He had misunderstandings. We have family that 
stick us in the past and won't let us become who we really are now. Jesus experienced that. Jesus experienced awkward moments, embarrassing times because of his family. And Jesus experienced unresolved issues, unfinished business in his family. So I'm going to invite you to do something. And that just to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you to be at work even when I can't in the misunderstandings and the awkwardness and the unfinished business of my family, the past that my family, I'm going to trust you. We've been using a chair. Pastor Jonathan introduced a chair, our first uh, teaching in this series, and gave us the definition of, of trust is when you... You, you put your weight down to the point of vulnerability. You know, I'm really going to trust that this chair is going to hold me when I sit in it. And that's what you do when you trust God. You trust, you know, I love the way Martin Luther King Jr. put it. He said it this way. He said, he said faith is taking the first step when you cannot see the whole staircase. And so trust is that. Just, just taking that step. Okay, Jesus, I know enough about you to trust you with my life and with my family. So let me pray with those who are following this teaching. And you say, Pastor Keith, if you'll lead me in a prayer, I'm ready to trust Jesus. I trust his love. I trust what he did for me on the cross. I trust him that he rose from the dead and he did that for me too. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll give you one sentence at a time. And if it's true for you, you go ahead and pray it to God. And a miracle will happen in your life today as you begin life with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for hearing me right now. I invite you to come into my life. Cleanse away all my sins. And keep cleansing me. I want to follow you all the days of my life right into heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life today. I'm a follower of you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I invite you just to, to let us know, let us be there for the next steps. You've taken that first step. Just help us encourage you and, and help you. That's what we do as a church. That's what pastors do. We help people follow Jesus. And so you'll see there's a way just for you to raise your hand, indicate I prayed with the pastor. I'm ready to begin following Jesus and we'll do everything we can to help you. But let me keep praying now. How many, you say, talk about misunderstandings and the brokenness in my family. And I'm talking to families who have all kinds of different situations, the embarrassment, the awkwardness, the past. You talk about all those things, the unfinished business, the unresolved issues. How many would say, Jesus, I trust you because you work in complicated families. You did when you're on earth and you're going to work in my family now. So Jesus, thank you that you are at work in complicated families, imperfect families with imperfect people like me. Lord, help every one of us that are a follower of you to become more like Jesus in our families. Help us to be the ones who uh, are gracious, the ones who listen until we hear, the ones who, uh, who, who resolve misunderstandings, the, the ones who let people become 
what you transform them to be, that believe the best in people. And Lord, we trust you with our unresolved issues. You're at work even when we're not there, Lord. So, so we trust you with our families today, however complicated they are. We trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name, can I hear you say amen? <laughs> Bless you. Love you, church. Happy Mother's Day. We're glad you joined us for today's teaching. If you're listening in right now because your church isn't able to meet, we welcome you and we ask that you keep supporting your church community with all the engagement and giving options that they have. If you need any assistance in this unprecedented season, please let us know by email at care at onechurch.to or by texting the word CARE to 416-291-9575 or even just giving us a call at the same number. All other events and programming can be found at onechurch.to slash connect.